Welcome to the Confidence and Eating Podcast with me, your host, Denise Wogan from Foodie Nutrition. This podcast is the place for busy moms to regain their confidence in eating, in feeding, and in yourself as you survive motherhood. Everyone's experience with intuitive eating will be different, as everyone is different. Over the course of 10 weeks, I will be helping you to understand this self-care eating framework which promises to improve your relationship with food. Hello and welcome back to episode four and welcome to 2023 with Foodie Nutrition, where we're going to continue our conversation about intuitive eating. Here's a little reminder. It's an eating style that promotes and empowers women to feel better in their bodies and make food choices that support pleasure, nutrition and health. Simply put, some might say it's about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full and bringing as much pleasure as you can into your mealtimes. But the reality is there is a lot more involved with intuitive eating. And I know right now you want to hear about all the superfoods that are going to support your gut, that are going to help you create more energy in your body, that are going to boost your immune system. But I want you to stop and spend more time reflecting on how you eat so that when you do hear about the nutrients and the nutrition, you will notice your eating patterns change so naturally, you'll wonder how it even happened. You will notice that you will connect to your own inner wisdom. So in the last episode, we talked all about making peace with food. In this episode, we are going to talk about challenging the food police. And these two go hand in hand. Because when you are constantly policing and watching what you eat and how much you eat, there is very little room there for peace and pleasure. Food police, they monitor the unreasonable rules that we have created through dieting and through an overload of nutrition information. Certainly, we will hear people talking about eating and we will have people maybe tell us in our lives how we should eat. They might tell us directly, you can't eat that or have you not heard that that's bad for you? But indirectly, we might sit in conversations and hear people talking about how they eat. They might be talking about how they've taken on intermittent fasting and how great it is for them. And it leaves us always wondering and thinking about, well, should I do the same? But there is another kind of conversation or influence that's happening when it comes to eating and the most militant and harmful one that is coming from within, that is coming from our own mind. And it's really, really complicated because that information, that talk that is going on in your mind away from all the times that you sit amongst company is the one that has incorporated every bit of information than what we call internalized that you have heard from doctors, friends, nutritionist, family, media, the culture we talk about, diet culture, that tells you about how you should and shouldn't eat. And when foods are good for you or bad for you, how much your health relies on what you eat, how your eating impacts your weight. And that food police, that strong voice that has developed through the dieting and through the culture, is there judging and scrutinizing every single thing you eat. Every action is noticed. Everything is recorded. If I eat this, I'll gain weight. If I eat that, I won't be healthy. And that 
food police sort of creates a rebel within us. When we disobey what our food police tells us to eat, we feel shame, we feel guilt. We tell ourselves we've already blown it and we rebel and trigger episodes of overeating. So mastering your food police or challenging, learning to challenge the food police is key for you to become an intuitive eater, but also for you to embrace and to embody health promoting behaviors that are not allowing your mind to create so much negative talk that any benefit that you could get from the foods that you eat might be negated. So challenging the food police is key for you in changing your relationship with food, becoming that intuitive eater. But it also inspires us to adopt more helpful behaviours for our health. Why? Because when you challenge the food police, you learn a skill of how to change your self-talk. Negative self-talk is real and it leaves us feeling sad, confused, anxious, frustrated, whatever it is. And when you feel that way, what kind of actions do you take? This is often when we're feeling this way, when we get stuck in sabotaging behaviours. But if we can learn how to challenge that negative self-talk that is really rooted in unrealistic and oftentimes absurd notions we hold about ourselves, we feel better and we choose actions that are better for our overall health. When you wake up and feel good, what actions are you likely to take rather than when you wake up and feel bad about yourself? If you've spent your life waking up and weighing yourself and feeling bad about yourself, how does that make you feel and what actions have you taken? If you can change your beliefs about food and body, your feelings and your behaviours will also change in that natural way I mentioned earlier. Negative self-talk around food and body is based on irrational thoughts and those thoughts can lead to an escalation of negative feelings that can lead to disordered and destructive eating behaviours. In order to replace those negative thoughts with more rational ones, we need to stop and pay attention so that we can recognise and identify how is this showing up for us in our world. So if this is all new to you, I'm going to briefly describe some ways of negative thinking. And you might be able to put your hand on two or three that feel very familiar to you. Black and white thinking. There are very few things in life that are truly black or white. And yet, one would be led to believe that we can make eating into an all or nothing or black and white concept. Black and white thinkers swing back and forth between the extremes of right, wrong, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, and have trouble imagining that there could be anything in between, no such thing as a middle ground or even options or possibilities for other ways of being. And it just doesn't show up in your eating. This is something that shows up in all parts of your life. So for you, if you're a black or white thinking, managing that negative thinking is getting comfortable being in the grey. Perfectionist thinking. I must eat perfectly or something bad will happen to me. Letting go of the need to be perfect or the idea that you're a failure if every meal is not perfect. 
If we eat something we consider less than perfect, we are very quick to tell ourselves, see, this is working. I'll never change. I am at fault. Becoming an intuitive eater means that you will learn to have those moments where you will consider your eating less than perfect and you will go, oh, okay, that's what happened. I have an opportunity in my next meal to eat in a way that my body would be happier with. So we are removing all language like must and should and need and replacing them with much gentler language and much more open language like can, want to, could. Maybe you're going to spot yourself in the catastrophic thinker. If I let myself have the chocolates in the house, I'll never stop eating them. It is true that when you make peace with food, eating might feel a little bit chaotic. You might notice yourself because you haven't allowed yourself to have these foods all the time. You might notice yourself a little bit frantic around them. But you will learn through understanding catastrophic thinking how you can replace those exaggerated thoughts about yourself with more positive and productive and accurate thoughts. You can learn how to regularly reassure yourself that you can have these foods that are appealing to you in your house, that you won't never stop eating, that you will settle into a balanced way of eating that includes all foods. If you continually tell yourself that you won't eat the cookies, or you won't stop eating cookies, then that's what will happen. But if you can learn to tell yourself that you will stop eating cookies, you do enjoy cookies, and you're allowed to have them. If you continue to tell yourself that you won't stop eating the crisps or the chocolate, if you love them, then that's what will happen. Or if you build trust in yourself and eat in a way that reassures you that you definitely are able to be around these foods and not eat them consistently. The key is regularly reassuring yourselves that you can have foods that are appealing to you and that you will settle into a balanced way of eating. If you tell yourself consistently that you won't stop eating the crisps if you love them and want them, then you won't. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to stop eating these when I've had my share or when I've had my fill, then you are far more likely to stop. When you're full from that food, knowing that you can have more later and knowing that you can have another meal in a few hours time. Mental filtering is another negative thinking type. And that's where we're wired to the negative, tending to focus on the negatives rather than positives. You know, the old cup is half empty. But instead of always filtering out and looking at what you didn't do, and maybe using language like I'm such a failure. Is there a way that you could begin to look and see, well, have I had any successes this week? The evidence I see for this in clinic is that you have. The odds for so many clients is that they have made progress every single week, but they tend to only look at what they didn't do so well at. And it's usually about 30 minutes into a client session that I begin to share with them and show them what they have actually changed, why they have actually made progress because they've become less anxiety driven in terms of their eating. They've cooked more meals that they've enjoyed. They haven't binged. There has been lots of progress, but they've been worried to just look for the negatives, the ones that they didn't get to 
and I'm challenging them to focus on what they did do. And the final type of negative thinking I want you to think about is linear thinking. We all know that the journey to health is not a linear pattern. It's full of ups and downs and spirals over and back and in and out and upside down. But if you've dieted for a long time, you probably tend to think about the success, the way you have your mind has been framed and condition is that the success is when you get to the end of your goal. And very often we do not appreciate what we've learned along the way. And very often when we go into a routine or into a diet, we don't want to think about the ups and downs that they're going to be on the journey. We feel bad about failures. We don't have our own back when it comes to learning about ourselves. So there's a lot of experimentation, intuitive eating. We learn a lot about ourselves. And we do that through the growth, through the experiencing of the ups and downs. If you're a linear thinker, it will be a mindset shift for you to start embracing the process instead of just racing for the end goal. And so now you've heard all about what the food police is. You've heard some of the ways that negative thinking might be showing up in your eating and even in your life. And you've learned that by Changing that negative thinking will help you to challenge that food police so that you can improve your relationship with food. There's one piece that is missing in the story I've told you so far, and that is self-compassion. So intuition is when you make choices using your body wisdom. You let go of the rules that tell you what, when and how to eat. The creators of intuitive eating say we are all born with an instinct about what to eat. However, as we've grown in a world that is riddled with guilt and shame and performative eating, it's hard to hear our own wisdom. How are you going to learn how to do that? Well, self-awareness is the ultimate weapon against food police. Self-awareness's best friend is self-compassion. I tell my clients self-awareness needs to be partnered with curiosity and non-judgment. Becoming aware of our thoughts, emotions and behaviours provides us with valuable information that open us up to the possibility of so much change. But it can feel very vulnerable. Think about this. If you're blind to what you're thinking, feeling and doing, can you ever really change? But how comfortable have you ever been to really sit and think about what are the beliefs you hold about food and where did they come from? What are the rules that you've been living by that have let you down? And have you the courage to change those? What are the beliefs you hold about yourself? Becoming aware about the food talk in your head and around you is key because it allows you to become curious. And when you are curious, you can challenge it. Rather than judging yourself, you can challenge that. You can challenge the content of your thoughts and you can ask yourself, my God, is there a different way I could be thinking? But as I said, self-awareness needs a best friend and that best friend is self-compassion. You need bundles of compassion so that you can develop that trust in yourself that you can make the choice that are best to meet your needs. Intuitive eating is far from some of the stuff that you'll see out there that you can eat anything you want. Intuitive eating is about learning the capacity to discover what foods work in your body. You need to be aware of the talk that's going on in your mind 
you need to be able to watch without judgment and with compassion how that impacts your body so that you can choose new behaviors that are going to be supportive of you, your growth and your journey as an intuitive eater. Too much chickpeas don't work for me and I really don't like Brennan's bread. I could choose to have a burger some night, but I could also choose to have a salad. I eat lots of vegetables because I know my body works better when I do. These are all choices that I make without wondering what the Fitbit or the rule book says. These are things that I learned because I developed the capacity to discover what foods work in my body by learning how to listen to it, by learning how to take all of the information that I've taken from the outside world, by learning how to sift through all of the information that I'd internalized to remove the cognitive distortions, the negative thinking, so that I could make the information personal to me. And I have also learned an approach and a process for helping you to achieve that. In my Confident Eaters Club, which is starting the week of January 16th, we are going to get you on your journey of becoming an intuitive eater. Someone who eats, thinks, feels and acts as a direct response to the here and now, to you, to your body as an adult, making the right choice for you. You are the expert of yourself. My journey is just to walk with you, to share with you the information and to give you the skills like removing the negative thinking so that you can carry on that journey for the rest of your life, wanting to look after you and your health. And so, my dear ladies, thank you so much for listening to my podcast where you're learning a key life skill, how to understand yourself, how to make sense of the challenges that you face and to use clarity and calm to find solutions in ways you may never have thought possible before and getting completely new and exciting results. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Foodie Nutrition. You can also find me on my website www.foodie.ie But please, because it's my mission to create a ripple empowering women across the globe across our little country in Ireland here to really reflect on changing their relationship with food so that they can empower others to do the same. Like and share my podcast so they can learn from this experience too. And if you have any question as we carry on on this journey together, please do reach out to me 